This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Toronto Police Chief Mark Saunders uh, announcing an 11-week citywide centralized team approach to street gang and gun violence. It's Project Community Space. And the chief has joined me in the studio to tell us what it's all about. Good to have you here, Chief. I appreciate you dropping in. Yeah, good seeing you again, John. So tell me about Project Community Space. What's it all about? Well, so what we're doing in, in essence is, is we're enhancing our resources on top of our day-to-day uh, business continuity with the strategic intelligence-led approach to looking at street gangs. We, we know that they're responsible for the vast majority of the gun violence that's occurring in our city. And also there's going to be an, an inward lens where we're working with uh, communities through our community response units, our neighborhood officers, uh, to work with them to figure out uh, what we can do collectively in order to get this right. It's not just a, a police issue. Uh, I've spoken about that time after time, but if we work collaboratively and we get the right stakeholders involved, I think we'll get the results that we're looking for. So this is what you call a collective or holistic approach then? Yeah, but it's also dealing with the now. It's not, it's not about being soft on crime. It's about being smart on crime. And, and I've stated that we will not be resting our way out of this if you look at the history that we've had in the past years. So the Guns and Gangs Task Force, by the way, you know, I've heard a lot of people say in the intervening uh, last few weeks with, you know, the spate of gun violence that uh, maybe it was a mistake to disband Tavis. How do you feel? Well, when you look at uh, the results that were done by Tavis, and I've got to tell you, there, there were mistakes that were made at the start. We owned it. We changed and revitalized the plan. And uh, some of the work that was done uh, by Tavis was good, was successful. Uh, however, there, there were some social costs to it that really um, couldn't get over that that shadow. And, and that really superseded uh, everything at the end of the day. But what we're looking at now is it, it, it is led by uh, the Integrated Gun and Gang Task Force. These are the best when it comes to uh, street gangs in, in the country, as far as I'm concerned. And working under their leadership, working with the intelligence components, uh, having a multitude of layers involved and having that other perspective with the community lens on top of it, uh, this is a different approach in, in a sense. Uh, it is focused, it is targeted, but it is a lot more strategic than, than ever before. All right, so you're going to redeploy or reassign personnel into, what, at-risk communities and neighborhoods? So th- there'll be a, a uniform layer for sure, but there'll be other layers as well, too, without giving up the playbook. My role as a leader would be a failure if I start saying, here's exactly what we're going to be doing, street gang, so, uh, you know, figure out how to counter it. Uh, I, I wish I could talk into it, talk to it in more detail, but I, I can tell you there are a lot of tools in the toolbox that'll be utilized, and it'll be as an organization as a whole approach to this. Uh, and, and we feel that uh, the members of the community have been asking for uh, something along these lines and, and also looking at the other uh, stakeholders to get them involved as well. TCHC is going to be aligning with us as well so that we can be a strategic collective and uh, other ends at the front end and, and at the back end when it comes to uh, uh, street gang issues. All right. And so uh, this infusion of money, $4.5 million from the three levels of government, uh, that's the resource that you're using to put into extra personnel and uh, however this is going to be implemented. Correct? Yeah, so the mayor w- approached uh, you know all levels of government and he asked what I would, what I would be able to do, how could the city hall help and how could he help? I explained to him uh, if what we would look at over the short term to see what we can do to, to bring that calm down to restore uh, some of the, the folks that are the genuinely scared and so that we can obviously uh, fix this uh, street gang issue. And he lobbied and he was able to uh, provide the funds that, uh, that are necessary. So uh, I'm glad that that happened. And, and now the, the focus is on the go forward and working to have more resources available at, at critical times. Uh, intelligence led. The intelligence will tell us exactly what we need to do. But Chief, uh, it was about a year ago, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I think there was uh, an increase in personnel of like 200 officers. 
I guess, uh, at certain hours in the uh, mm-hmm. evening hours and into the week uh, to address the same kind of issue that was confronting us. And by all accounts, it didn't seem like it had any real impact. Correct me if I'm wrong. Well, no, I'll push back a little bit. And when you do the comparative to uh, those resources that were out, uh, there was a 25, 25 or 33% reduction of, of uh, gun violence and violent crimes that were occurring. So it, it did have a positive impact. And we know historically, if, if we identify a problem and, and we put resources on that specific problem, there, there is a suppression, there is a reduction. And, and I believe that this will work in this case because we are uh, dealing with uh, street gang entities that are uh, navigating within the communities. Are you confident that you can get into the communities and uh, get a toehold in there? Because again, there had been a lot of uh, pushback that these communities being targeted or they didn't feel uh, somehow uh, that the police were simpatico. You know, there was always yeah. this uh, conflict point. Uh, how do you resolve that going in this time? Well, the conflict point, and you speak to it, everyone spoke about carding, and, you know, carding's gone, should be in, should be out. When when we now have a definition of carding, which is what Justice Tullock said, which is a random stopping, we've never subscribed to the random stopping of people. It's not fair. It's not lawful. And so when we have the approach that is, is targeted, uh, when we have the approach where we work with the communities who will help us, they know everything that's going on, that, that trust and accountability and, and, and then through our legitimacy, uh, targeting the right people, uh, the community's asking for that. And, and that's what we will deliver upon. And, and that is the short term. Hopefully with long term uh, aspects, I'll be talking with different uh, members of government and with the mayor and with my board uh, to figure out a roadmap that we can all collaboratively work together to figure out uh, how do we sustain and, and how do we change the playbook so that uh, this isn't that constant circle that is happening. Again, with Police Chief Mark Saunders on this uh, new initiative project, Community Space, announced earlier today over 11 weeks going into Thanksgiving Day weekend uh, and resources being allocated and reassignments to, uh, I guess you've got 45 uh, personnel being shifted from 17 divisions or something like that. Is that how that's going to work? Yeah, so it, it, it is a, a day-to-day. Different divisions, different area of the cities have different problems at different times. And so that's the intelligence piece that we speak to. Uh, the guns and gangs have the strongest expertise in what the now stories are. Um, so it's not that we're just, uh, you know, sailing in the wind here. We know what we're doing and who our key players are and who the people are that we have to put resources on. Uh, the back end, the bail program as well, we're going to make that a bit more robust so that it has some teeth to it. Uh, people that we are apprehending, especially people that are on firearms-related uh, offenses, are, are getting bail, and, and some in some cases, uh, non-compliance. I was speaking earlier, uh, one of the double shootings, we had a person that was a victim that was shot who had just got released from jail. The other person we had just arrested in July for gun charges, and here, you know, 20 days later, is out. Unfortunately, a victim, but uh, it speaks to... Um, the bail piece, and, and we've retrieved a firearm in that incident as well, too, from the car of, of the uh, victim. So there are a lot of things going around, and, and we need a whole, uh, a lot of connecting dots in order to get this right, if we're going to do it right. And I, I think people are coming to the table, and uh, people that uh, are interested in figuring out how they can participate in, in the reduction of gun violence and street gang issues. You know, uh, I know you're big on deterrence. You've stated that publicly, yes. and uh, to your credit, uh, suggesting, you know, and that's in the now, uh, you want to address this in the now and get that straightened away. But some of the uh, longer range initiatives, getting into the neighborhoods, winning the trust, you know, and uh, this is really at a grassroots level, getting really granular. It almost sounds like you're going to be involved in social work of a, a, a type, would you not, in certain communities to keep the kids, how do you keep kids from joining gangs? 
Yeah, we're not taking an ownership piece on this. We're taking a leadership piece on this. And so sometimes it's a matter of connecting the dots. And, and we have uh, our officers, our frontline people do such a fantastic job each and every day. When we talk about our focus tables, our situation tables that have a multitude of services, we're responsible for close to 75, 80% of the new cases that come in. Tremendously high success rate. But it speaks to our lens. And, and when we're there, we see the issues, we see the problems, and we're able to hand these off to other entities. And so expanding on those principles and, and having new uh, tools in the toolbox, I think, are going to be critical if we're going to uh, get it right. Okay. But I want you to maybe uh, give me more specifics on that, because I think that's really the nub of it. Yeah. A lot of these kids are seduced. You know, I mean, yes. the absentee fathers may be in the family. They don't have mentorship. They don't have uh, anything. And so the gang becomes their ersatz family. Quick scores with cash, you know, uh, turf wars and all the rest of that. I think we're all pretty much uh, plugged into as to what the cause is. And you've uh, yeah. pretty much articulated that in the last few days. It's no real mystery. But how do you dissuade them from joining the gangs? There are a lot of things that you have to do up at the front end, the education piece, the uh, prevention piece, the innovation piece. The, uh, there are so many factors that need to be in play. And it's not just the front end, John, because whether you like it or not, people are going to cross into our lane, which is the enforcement end, when they will take a gun and they will shoot somebody else. And then we look after and make the arrests. But that back end is equally critical. And that back end, when we know that 90% of the people we incarcerate are coming back out into the public, and now they've got a criminal record, a very serious criminal record, and they look in the window and say, oh, I'm never going to see another job again, and, and I have no desire to you know, upgrade myself. So it's much easier to get back into that street gang mentality because there is money to be made due to the, the drug distribution, due to the human trafficking, and a host of other criminal activities and events. And so breaking that circle at that back end, having the right tools for high risk, Having the right tools for at risk and not confusing the two is, is the, the proper way to go. And, and we will always be in that middle. Once you shoot somebody, we're going to be all over you. We'll use every resource possible to make that apprehension to bring you before the judicial system. I read the frustration in your voice when you were announcing the 326 cases of uh, people who had been involved in gun-related crime were actually out on bail. And uh, yet there was a, a response from... Uh, I guess it was the head of the Criminal Defense Lawyers Association who was saying, no, no, the judges have it uh, right, and this is alarmist, or somehow you yeah. uh, misrepresented or mischaracterized the case. I mean, how do we square that circle? I mean, you feel pretty emphatic that uh, bail is too easy to get for some of these gangbangers. Well, I, I'm still trying to find uh, really strong reasons for if A has shot B, there has to be a deterrent factor. And, and there are two reasons for that. Number one, so that when we get and deal with the at-risk folks that haven't picked up that gun yet, they understand that if you pick it up, there will be serious consequences and those serious consequences will be upheld. But the second piece too, when, when we have people that have shot other people, they now become targets. And so that retaliation piece where you're now released, you're now in the public domain and the gang who you shot, they're looking for you because they know you're out and, and bullets are indiscriminate. You shoot, it's going to go wherever you shoot it. And so now the community is at risk because of that too. So I, I think everyone has to come to the table and figure out those decisions. My role, my lane right now is to make sure that enforcement piece is necessary and that we have the strong partnership piece to that as well because the community, when they do their part and help and someone does get released a short time after, especially with gun-related charges, they, they kind of lose a little bit of, uh, you know, fire in their belly to say, well, I want to help more. If, if this is the end product, do I help? And then I look and three weeks later, here's Buddy again. Sure. It speaks for itself. So that lawyer has his opinion and I, I, I respect his opinion, but I also go out in the communities and speak with the members of the community and hear their lived experience. And that should not be negated as well. But the criminal justice system has to be a partner as well in this whole 
comprehensive approach to things. And if uh, the criticism is that they're not doing their part or holding their end of the bargain, I mean, it might even impact morale for your people in the street. I'm sure it does. Uh, at some point, you know, I've had people when we were discussing this on the air say, look, uh, with the Hells Angels or, you know, uh, various uh, mobs, uh, you have them classified as criminal organizations and they fall into a different category. Could we do that with some of the gangs right here in the neighborhoods in Toronto? Well, we do. Uh, when, when we do our major cases, those are um, criminal organizations and we go in with that particular lens. It does warrant uh, higher sentencing. But, but really, um, I, I'm not going to criticize the judicial system because I've been involved in it for close to 37 years. The judges are, are doing what they are, are bound to do, and, and the Crown attorneys are doing a fantastic job. We've got a strong relationship with them, especially the experts in the street gang subculture. But it's the awareness piece. I, I think if the public has a better understanding of what's going on, when I say 90% of people we apprehend are going to be getting released, um, those aren't just words. And so now, as the public is more aware and realizing all of the touch points that lead to that conclusion, we need to maybe sit down and have a conversation and say, okay, is this working? Is everyone happy with it? No. Let's hear a collective voice and what are the proper solutions for this? Well, I appreciate your coming in and uh, giving us your take, having just announced Project Community Space, 11 weeks. And uh, then you'll see as you go along, if this is working, perhaps it'll be extended out from there after Thanksgiving. We'll measure it. There are going to be things that are still going to be in place after. We don't just pack up our suitcases and leave. Hopefully we'll have stronger partnerships that are going to be in that will have that sustainability piece. And we have a strong relationship with our communities if we prove to them that uh, we are all in it for the right reasons. Well, we wish you the best of success and luck on that regard. I really appreciate you coming in. Thanks. Good seeing you, John. You got it, as always. Uh, Chief Mark Saunders on Project Community Space. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.